0: Hello and welcome to Reptory Screening episode 55. I'm your host M, and with me are regular co-host Jackson. Hello. And Destiny. Hello. It's movie time. Who's got some movies? Movies, movies, movies.
1: Not me. It's been gaming time for me, so.
2: I watched a couple.
1: What did you watch?
0: You gotta, um, you gotta elaborate once you say you've watched a couple.
1: I <laughs> watched some movies. I expected one of you to just give
2: me—I don't know. Uh, never mind. I'm <laughs> I watched. Uh, okay, so on battling girls, I said, "Oh, the last horror movie I'm going to watch is going to be Halloween Kills," but like scheduling didn't mm-hmm. work out. So instead, I watched VHS ninety four, which came out this year. It's the Fourth installment of the VHS franchise, which um, had segments, like, it's an anthology series, for those of you not familiar, revolving around uh, VHS, like, all the plots have to do with VHS, they're usually filmed to look like they're on VHS if they weren't actually filmed on VHS, and um, I liked this movie a lot. It's really cool. Uh, a lot of um just gruesome creepy things happening uh i need to track down the third movie cuz i haven't seen it but uh i think this is a franchise that i overlook and i'm i need to reexamine cuz it's it's always entertaining and then we also watched me and M
0: watched together La Pointe Court from 1954. Man, you're hitting those T's really hard for it being a French movie.
2: I am, aren't I? I'm Nebraskan. That's just what I do. Uh, Do you want to talk about that
0: movie's plot? Because... To me, it was just a couple talking. (laughs) So this is, this is, I, I, for, uh, the Criterion sale coincided with my birthday. And so I bought myself the Anya's Varda complete collection box, which is uh, very nice. It's very nice. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, uh. We put on her first fi- her first feature film, which is Le Point Cor, which is a 1955 movie. Um, it's about, like, a small fishing village, um, just like a day in the life. But also a guy who's from here is back in town, and he's, like, kind of just, like, here to, like, see his family, chill out a little. And he is being met by his, like, young wife, who's from Paris, and she is in the m- midst of, like trying to decide whether she wants to break up with this guy or not, because they just like in Paris, it made sense, but then they were apart and she's like, it doesn't actually, we're not actually like similar in any way. Um And he's very chill about it. He's like, yeah, that's the, that's the appeal. Like, I, I don't know what your problem is, Uh but it's like juxtaposing these two talking about whether they have a future together and what that looks like and what it means after like the relationship cools, um, and is, 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 does that mean romance is gone? Does that mean that like there, there's a problem or is that just a people versus this fishing village? It's like struggling cause new regulations have come in that are like hurting the fishing village. Cause they, they have designated places they're allowed to fish and it's, uh, everyone has no money and every, like everyone just bums around and gets pregnant too young. And, uh, it, it has a rough time of it. Um, and the, the interplay off each other and like. It is not meant to, like, one does not suggest the other, they just kind of lay on top of each other as, like, these are two aspects of ways people live. Um, It's very much like a, I wouldn't say, like, neorealist cinema, because it's not that dour, but it's it's seen as, like, proto-New, like, French New Wave. Um, I liked it quite a bit. I thought it was very good. Um, But yeah, we watched that. I watched a couple of her short films, but I don't have anything really to say about those. I like short films. I enjoy watching them, but I never feel like they, they, it's like reading a poem. Like you could talk about it a little bit, I guess, but really it's the act (laughs) of doing the thing that matters um, more than like sitting there and like going over it. And maybe that's like the limits of my capacity to do this job. Um... But uh, I don't have anything to say about those, but I did I did like this movie. Um, there's like great special features of her talking about it. like you know she ran off and made this movie with like no money and like no one got paid like she just could afford the film um, got everyone to agree in this village, but then they didn't shoot sound, obviously she had to dub everyone over, so everyone in the village was mad at her for overdubbing everybody uh, after the fact when she went back and assembled the movie. Um, Stuff like that. the The shot that I think of is the Persona shot of the face, like two camera, and then a face <laughs> looking to the side, like uh, in front of it, uh, is just from this movie. Persona d- like does it as an homage to this film, um, which was interesting to see. Stumble across. I haven't actually yeah, seen no. Persona, but that's like one of the pinnacle shots of cinema, like you know, the movies.
2: And and that Yeah. I'll
0: just say that to make Jackson mad.
1: Yep. I mean, I I guess people do say it about movies. The problem is when they say it about fucking video games.
0: Yeah, I know. Um, But yeah, it was good. Uh, Other than that, are you done, Destiny? Yes. I watched The Swimmer, which is a 1968 uh, film starring Burt Lancaster, directed by Frank Perry. This is on Criterion. Um, It's about this guy. He's, like, middle-aged, and he's, like, he's, he's just, like yuppie hat doesn't exist yet but him and everyone he knows are like upper middle class like upper class kind of folks they all have houses big houses with swimming pools and he's just there one day at a pool party um but he's actually swimming no one else swims everyone has a pool no one swims that's the thing about all these people who live in like sub- suburbia with big lawns and pools is nobody actually swims and he has this moment of revelation where he's like I bet I could swim all the way across the county back to my house going through everyone's yard and everyone's pool. I know all these people. They're all friends of friends because we're all, like, rich people in the the 60s. And he goes on this trek, and as he does, he, like, runs across people he used to know and people who, uh, like, have projected things at him. He, He meets this girl who, like uh used to babysit his daughters and she's she used to have a crush on him and then they talk about like what it is now that she's like a girl in the world and it it goes really badly he meets like his ex uh, his like ex-mistress um who's very bitter um but then he starts talking about like the romance he used to have and it just ends up being like as it goes it like de the narrative of him meeting all these people starts to detangle in this like the movie is described as surrealist drama and i you know fair enough uh, it is still mostly burt lancaster just like in swim trunks going through like multiple almost like dante's inferno esque, like just different vignettes of meeting people and having his life reflected back at him um i really loved it. i thought this movie was fucking incredible um, it's
2: one of my favorite movies i uh used to watch it on tcm all the time
0: it's great yeah um yeah, no, I was I was I just picked it on a whim and I, cause you'd cause every uh the beginning of every month we go through what what's on criteria and I just read them off to you and you're like, oh the swimmer, that was real that's really good. So that's why I picked it when I was just looking for something to watch. Um And then I watched uh The Out of Towners, which is a Neil Simon film, uh written by Neil Simon, directed by Arthur Hiller, starring Jack Lemon and Sandy Dennis. This <sighs> So Jack Lemon and Sandy Dennis's wife, they're like from they're like from Ohio or some shit. Um, and they're coming to New York City because he's at a, going to a job interview to become like a vice president of some like really big prestigious job. Um, and they're gonna they're gonna they fly in the night before, they're gonna hit up the town. they've never been to New York, they're gonna have a nice romantic dinner or whatever. And everything goes wrong. The movie's about everything going wrong. The plane has to, like... There's, like, a problem, so it has to just be in the air for two hours. uh, And then they land, and, like, their luggage gets lost. And then they miss their hotel reservation and their dinner reservation. And then Jack Lemmon continues to think that he can, like because he's a big deal, goddammit! it. And he's like a guy who can like communicate. He keeps trying to like negotiate like a deal to like fix things. Uh, his wife's like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, but every single time just makes it worse. They end up like mugged. He ends up chipping a tooth. They end up like chased by a mob at some point, just like a cavalcade of errors as they struggle, uh, through this one night in New York. Um, which uh, is is a great premise, obviously. I my one of my favorite movies is uh, is like uh, After Hours, the Scorsese film, which is like this but a better movie generally overall. But th- this is this is fun. You like seeing Jack Lemmon just have life kick the shit out of him, and he kind of seems like a guy who has it coming. Unlike Glenn Glenn Ross, where like he's a weasel in that movie, but it's like man, he, he got dealt a bad hand on this whole thing. This is like man, this guy fucking sucks. And here it go. Let's watch him suffer. Love it. Love that. Eat it up.
2: I've never seen a bad Jack Lemmon movie.
1: Jack Lemmon's a specialist in guy who you enjoy watching suffer. In many different ways, but that's what his deal is to me. Yes. (laughs) Um,
0: And then I watched the original Gamera. Oh, yeah. 1965's Gamera, the the giant monster, um, which I I bought all those box sets, and we watched the uh, the Heisei Gamera trilogy, which you can... um, you can listen to that on uh, Your Uncle's Beach House. Uh, we did all three of them, and they're good. Um, this is... Um, so I went back and watched the original, and this one's a weird in that, like, kaiju movies are fun, and they're culturally relevant, and they're interesting. But most of the time, they're they're not great films. There's ones I like more than others. Godzilla's a classic, and I, I really like Rodan. And there's, like, ones I think really stand out. But more or less... They're very stock, like, creature fair that's meant to play and, you know, hit every audience and they're they're, they're disposable. Like, that was part of the reason that they're, like, held up as a niche cultural object is because these were popular fiction that happened to have something to say. Gamera, more than most, I don't know how much it has to say. (laughs) Gamera becomes, like, a big deal because it's, like, the one from a studio that wasn't Toho, right? Like, it's uh, Dai trying trying to confront Godzilla on its own terms and make something like Godzilla, um... And uh, it's like fun the The monster's cool. It does the whole like turns into a rocket shell thing. um incredibly, uh, they just got like a bunch of guys they knew from a bar, like a bunch of expats to be all the Americans. Like twenty minutes of this movie is in English, and it's just guys in military uniforms standing in front of a big boardroom or whatever and none of them are actors and they're just acting in English with like Japanese subtitles and it's my favorite thing in the world this is why you
1: watch Taiji movies this is is (laughs) the reason to be there because this is happening all the way to the present day it still happens in these movies I love it So
0: so in the English version they reshoot all of these scenes cuz they they're just like drop-ins they have nothing to do with like the main characters on the field like the Japanese actors mm-hmm. so they reshot all of this stuff with like actual American actors <laughs> I watched some of that it's much better but it has no charm it's just not the same at all why would you make it better what what do
1: you achieve by making that like normally competent right I
0: mean it was you know it was given it was given a theatrical release and that's what the like you know the expectation you know is that and they they did a good job with it like it's very competently made, like, the thing about these early ones when they make the English versions they fucking go for it, like, you might they're lesser objects in the way we perceive media now, but, like, that was a big spend to reshoot footage and, like, reframe things and do a dub, and, like, that's a sign that you think a movie's gonna sell is if you do all that work, that's not the way people play it now, right, like, it's like preserving the artist's vision, but the idea was if you're gonna do all that work, it better be for a movie that's worth it um, but, uh, yeah, it's fun, you know, it's not like great or anything. I know Gamera mostly is relevant because of its singularity as like the one opposition to Godzilla that made it. And also, future movies are like big goofy nonsense films. This is just the giant turtle is a monster sort of stuff. Um, yeah. They have a Z-Plan instead of an oxygen destroyer. It's just the Z-Plan. Oh, it's
1: a great It's <laughs> um, I... the last plan.
0: It's the last plan.
1: Z-Plan. Yeah. Um, uh they
0: end up shooting Gamera to Mars. I'm sure that's going to be fine. Never come back.
2: <laughs> My first exposure to this movie, I saw this before I saw Godzilla because it's featured on, on yeah. This is
0: a mystery uh, science
2: theater. Yeah.
0: yeah, I've never seen that. I'm curious how that because that uses the English version. I know. Mm-hmm.
2: So. Yeah, yeah, it does. uh Which I mean, it's considered cheesy, but like I don't know, it's a good movie. I don't think it's the usual fare that they like. It's above the usual fare that they get. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: Um. Was good, and then I read uh, "Making Movies" by Sidney Lumet. Uh, the book that he wrote, uh, about what it is to be a director and how movies work. And even though this is like a very old book at this point, um, cannot recommend it enough. I think it's like remarkable. He just sits down and breaks down the process of like what it is to, to shoot, to want to work on a film, to like conceive an idea, to work with a writer, with a script and then prep and shoot a movie. All of the functions of like color timing and editing and sound production just goes down the list. Um, I feel like I understood movies and like the the thought that goes into making movies so much better doing just reading this one book than I have like watching a hundred movies or whatever. It, it was great. I, I re- cannot recommend it enough. Everyone should read this. Who cares about movies? Uh, he is also hilariously anti union and like the way that like media growing up was anti and he's always like oh yeah the actors will like take a pay cut if they believe in the work the teamsters they'll never take a pay cut they're always there and they always want their rate and you got to give it to them or the whole production shuts down it fucking sucks um just incredible uh grumpiness about this whole thing and yeah. um, like a very old-fashioned way of like the way Back when unions were like a kind of a, a writ part of American life, people would more openly grouse about them. And now um, they're just not around because of this, because that side won. And now, uh, you know, the slow crawl back into labor rights. Still a uh, battle that is happening.
1: Yeah, fucking sucks.
0: Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's good. Uh, like I said, can't cannot recommend enough. I had a fantastic time reading this. Yeah. It's, re- it's really uh, slight too like you just plot through it
2: mm-hmm. I might have to pick that up, that sounds really good
0: yeah
1: I like uh, a lot that, of his movies
0: yeah, that is, uh, that's it that's all the things I did, but that was a lot of things I guess
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, you are, so, you're in movie mode
0: I am in movie mode. Um, our movie this week is The Wages of Fear, the 1953 film uh, directed by Henri-Georges Clouseau, uh based on the French novel Le Salier de la um by Georges Arnaud. And this movie... Uh, is a movie that I've been meaning to see since I got into cinema in like in my late teens, early 20s. It was always in the list of, like, these are classic films, but I was like, it's a two-and-a-half movie, a half-hour black-and-white French movie about people driving a truck. How good could it be? I was a damn fool. Jackson, what happens in this
1: movie? Yeah, that's French people drive a truck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so um, where are they?
0: Um, Spec- Las Piedras, so- a fake town okay, that yes. I, I guess is like... I assume it's like South
1: America?
0: Yeah, South America. Yeah, because it's the Southern Oil Company, right? So yeah. it's got to be Southern- South America. The
1: so- okay, there is a town in... Uh, I, I didn't realize it was literally just like a fake place. Uh, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. In a fake, uh, a fictionalized South American town, a remote town uh, that uh, people end up in um in um like europeans fly in uh they they don't fly they, out they don't fly out they are like lured they either, either to escape something or whatever uh they come in here for various reasons uh and they're lured here with a re- the flights in are real cheap once you're in uh you you can like the flights out cost more than you can make living here it is impossible to get out um and so uh net, like the oil company are here, they have their own stuff, uh, they have their own trucks, they have their own cemeteries, they have their own... They're, like, they're the, the Americans, right? The Americans are here, and they're doing their imperialism, and there's the Americans, and there's everyone else. And this film is about the tension between uh, these aggrieved Europeans. Uh, like, there are there are people here, like, you know, there are uh, black people and uh, non-Europeans, right? There are also non-Europeans who live here, who have presumably lived in South America longer than any of these fucking people, Um but i don't i actually don't know if that's true in this specific town this town seems like it has sprung up around the oil situation yeah um, rather than one that was originally here uh but regardless this this focus on the europeans who have come here and are aggrieved and bitter towards the americans who have more freedom and they want to get out uh the americans exploit this when there is an accident uh and uh a massive fire at the refinery. The oil is on fire. It's a disaster. Uh, Everything's gone to shit. And the refinery is over the mountain. The town's on the other side of the pipeline. They need to get an ungodly amount of nitroglycerin across that mountain. They only have two normal-ass trucks to do this with. Uh, This is not a thing that is possible. (laughs) So... um... none of the union guys are going to do it because all the guys who work for the uh United States uh Southern Oil Company are unionized and they are not going to carry this much nice accessory over a uh mountain they they know they'd explode and die uh so he's going to go to the town and he's going to offer this job to the people who are just stuck in his town with no work and he uh he does this he says $2000 uh, like the, the lead lead uh, ref of the SOC uh, it's like two thousand dollars, and you can fly, and you can you know, fly. You can, if you get basically, if you make it, if you if you make this drive, you get two thousand dollars. And everyone is desperate for this, even though it's like the most doomed mission ever. They're all uh, fully competing against each other. Uh, very classic, like oh, you know, the capitalism making us do the bad thing stuff. It's been in cinema forever. It's all, it's always here. Um, this movie specifically focuses on two characters. Uh, there are four. There are two two drivers per truck, or two characters. per two guys in each truck one driver one helping out when any, any shit goes wrong uh and they are set out 30 minutes apart there are two sets of characters one is um the ones that don't matter as much are luigi and what's his name begins with bimba, bimba. Uh, they are the uh supporting characters um luigi is uh dying of um just inhaling cement way too lawn. much c- yep. cement because uh he is one of the people that did get a job and his job is killing him so he is trying to get uh the money to escape because he knows he'll die anyway um yep. the main two characters however are uh mario and joe uh mario is like a cool guy who is the happiest, mm, happiest of the people who don't have jobs and are not doing well is the one who is most able to put up a front of being like secure and cool about it. Um,
0: yeah, he's got, a, he's, got a he's got a girlfriend, and it here. seems like whatever he was running away from was definitely worse than here.
1: Yes, uh, he is. <laughs> he doesn't like it here, but he is at least publicly presents a front of being at peace with the hell that he is currently living in. Yeah. Uh, and like he's got his uh ticket like his old uh visa ticket that he keeps on the walls a reminder of his freedom um and like a thing to yearn for but it's mostly just enjoying you know having his girlfriend and hanging out here uh and joe arrives who bribes his way in he doesn't have a visa and fronts as if he's like a super cool mob boss and maybe he was 20 years ago um but is definitely not any anymore but because he uh carries himself this way uh and he like pulls out a gun on luigi at one point in the bar he uh, has an air of power and, and respect uh the and like fear that the other people in this town uh give to him but little does he know he is al- he has also come here because he's running away from debts as desperate to get the money and get back uh, and he is begging for this job he knows the guy who runs the SOC and he's like basically trying to make him not take the job because it's probably going to kill him he doesn't want to kill this guy uh, but eventually he uh, makes his way in with under shady circumstances when the other guy doesn't show up um, and these four people go on this journey and this is that that's the first 45 minutes of there's a lot of setup this movie is like invested in we have to take the time to make you care about these characters so you can watch them carry nitroglycerin for 45 minutes there is much less to summarize here uh they f- f- eh, they face various obstacles and there are many like very tense scenes of getting across uh terrifying situations uh as they climb the mountain and get over the mountain uh and eventually the tense scenes uh transition to uh far more existential discussion of what's happening uh as joe uh breaks like he just completely breaks from the uh from the stress of this um and uh mario who thought he was terrified and was terrified uh manages to rise to the challenge uh and get through um to the point where, at the end of the movie, uh, the Mario, uh, the Luigi and uh, Bimba's truck just explodes off screen. They're in the middle of a conversation, and it explodes. No one knows why. That's just what happens when you carry nitroglycerin. They don't give you the information of how it went wrong. It's an attention thing. Uh, and as it explodes, it leaves a well of oil. Uh, because it blows up a pipeline, and the pipeline is, is flooding into the crater created by this explosion. Uh, they have to get through on their own truck without blowing up their own nitroglycerin, uh, and they're trying to do that, uh, but Joe falls down uh, while like trying to like move a tree out the way uh, and unable to stop, uh, and because he knows that if he stops, the, the truck won't get there, he uh, runs over Joe, crushing his leg, uh, and they have one final conversation as he brings him back into the truck but his he's killed him his wounds are too great he dies oh, you
0: board. mean you mean the one phone conversation over 12 hours as his friend slowly dies yes. his
1: friend slowly dies in the seat next to him um and he makes it uh, all the guys cheer hooray you did it you're a hero yeah way well, hey. and everyone is super happy super stoked uh and Mario is fine. He's totally fine. He's not traumatized at all. He's fine and normal. He's so fine that he doesn't even want a, a, a chauffeur driving him back. Because uh, now that he doesn't have nitroglycerin on him, uh, he'll feel way safer now that he's on the wheel. He doesn't have to worry that someone else might crash on the mountain. So uh, he's going back. Everyone's happy. They call his girlfriend. He's alive. They, the girlfriend's dancing. It's all a good time. He's driving back. He's driving. A, he's you know he's enjoying being alive and moving back and forth on the mountain, which he, of course, could immediately, careens off the edge uh, and crashes and dies on the way back in the safe van as uh his girlfriend faints while dancing for you know those things happen at the same time and that's how the movie ends
2: i have a question because i wasn't quite clear on this even though i'm pretty sure it's stated explicitly does he get the money of the people who died
0: he gets Joe's money. Yeah, only he gets Joe. he gets 40 000, He gets the fourth He gets $4,000.
2: Okay. I watched a horror movie every single day for the entire month of October, <laughs> and nothing made me as uncomfortable as that's not
0: movie. true UFC tapes made you more uncomfortable in this movie
2: okay good point bringing that up yeah that movie was awful uh, <laughs> good movie but like oh um yeah that was probably the only one that could compete with how uncomfortable this movie made me it's so good though
0: <laughs> uh yeah the the bit where <laughs> they they have to turn the truck around on like a little like wooden pier built on the side of a cliff mm. and uh the woods like half rotted and they need a guy to spot them and uh the the, at this point they're deep enough in the communications breaking down and it's just and you the the guys who have their shit together and are just like doing a job like barely make it and you know your main characters who are like basically not speaking at this point also have to go and do the same thing and the woods falling out but they couldn't leave a sign to warn them of that it's a disaster it's uh, it's incredible, just some of the best movie making possible. <laughs> uh,
1: it's so it's so mean. Oh, mean the wrong word. I'm just like I know in my because I know how stories work, right?
0: Yes, I know yeah. in
1: my heart that they're getting through all of this okay. I'm like okay, when they're getting through, I'm like there are many possibilities of what could happen, um, and based on the type of movie this is, I know. The the other two are probably the, the other two are definitely gonna die at some point. Uh but when it does, it'll probably happen in a way that is um anticlimactic is the wrong word but I will I knew we were gonna get through every all of these specific tension mounting scenes. That's not yes. gonna be where the death gonna come. And Yeah i know this the movie knows that i know this because it's also trying to be like an existential mediation on this stuff and yet watching them is oh it's <laughs> so yeah. much the, yeah. bit where they,
0: the bit where they have to pour the nitro into like a hole they've carved in a boulder that fell in the street and they're just all like very slowly in like the scorching desert heat like just dripping nitro down a like a like a like, a, like piece of metal that they have as like a slope so they don't drop it in incredible it's so good.
2: Yeah, that and me biting my nails.
0: <laughs> yeah. <it's, sighs> uh, yeah, that's great.
2: Uh <laughs> I read that the original US release cut out like
0: So yeah, um, there's like there's like a bunch of stuff cut out, especially the beginning of the movie about the the company, like the big speech where he's like uh you're you're all doing a suicide mission you know who's not doing a suicide mission me the company the americans like there's a line where as they're driving out like joe's like realize that they've signed up for they're in way over the head and he's like ah coca-cola what a deal uh driving away like the there's like in the criticism of the time like when this hit like when it was screened the american critics are like this is this is a communist film about how evil how evil america is uh which is just telling on yourself, I feel
1: like. Well, now we, 50 years later, now people say that from the other angle of anything that mentions anything about capitalism is also coming, is now making my YouTube essay about how uh, Wages affairs are coming, yeah. <laughs> a communist masterpiece. Um, times change. If you
0: have the Criterion channel, they have an essay about where it was not only that, but also the, like, there was this undercurrent that, it, like, the american distribution probably saw the relationship between mario and joe as too like potentially gay coded and like that's why a lot of the cuts come earlier in the movie um
1: there's a whole scene where like luigi walks in and he's taking his shirt off and there's a misunderstanding yes. Like it's yes. not potentially gay coded
0: yes no fair enough
1: <laughs> it's in the movie it's like fully yeah. intentional
0: yeah no, no, for sure. um but yeah, all that stuff uh it, it's like a it's like a twelve minute thing which just about like the various reasons why this movie got cut. like a lot of the early stuff of like just the people in the town, like the the you know the the indigenous people and the people who are not the main characters who all like drift in and get caught in the orbit uh, that a lot of that stuff got kind of like the squalor everyone lives in. um, it's interesting because, like you talk about how, like, all of the Europeans come in, but you see also like when they're out of the town, you see like small buildings or like just individual farmers, whatever, like the countryside is not empty. Like as we see, there's a bit where we see the huge towering inferno and there's just like two native people standing there watching it burn. And the guys are like, get out of the way. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Um, like this is not like they came here and they created this town or whatever. And some of it captured, uh, indigenous people in its orbit. They're like servants and like, they work there and they just kind of live there, whatever. But also like the life, life goes on. There's like, there's just like a state, like a a small stand by the road. as they're like making stuff as like the two trucks with the nitroglycerin go by. Um, the, the big you know bad american company has put down its roots but it has not changed the nature of what is happening around the the space in a way that i think is good and uh very pointed
1: yeah i mean i think all the imperialism stuff in this movie is like really good obviously it's yes. our, it's a thing we always talk about because we talk about fucking that all day uh but i love that it's mostly in the background of this movie it's like the it's clearly there the maybe it's intentional mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Uh, but the like twist to more general existentialism as the movie goes on is a uh, very well handled. Uh, mm. and uh it's just uh like like that, that bit remember that bit in the middle where uh they're on the um the washboard and that one guy comes in and picks up the the uh note that they left for them
0: Yeah the like handkerchief they'd weighed down yes
1: yeah. uh and you you just get the sense that like at one point right this this was all this guy's farm he was just farming, here. yes. And now there's just a fucking road in the middle of it, and he's still farming around it. It's just one road, but the the Americans came down and they put a road in the middle of it. And do they ever use it? Not much, but it's there now. It, the land has been changed, and as obviously yes. as the uh, uh, as the movie goes on, one of the like undercurrents is how poorly <laughs> the land has been tamed right and i mean it in the loaded sense of the americans come down they make this but they still can't get over the fucking mountain the mountain is bigger than the american's imperial machine they require these people to make herculean efforts to try to get these trucks over this mountain because uh they've only paved down like one road at one part
0: yes uh, the other movie that's made me think of a lot is Fitzcarraldo which is Herzog's film about a man trying to lug a boat up a mountain because it's, it's the only way to get the, the, the boat across um, <laughs> from one river to another um, and the thing I, I, I mean that, that's a fantastic movie one of the classic cinema but the thing about this movie that I like is like the world operates on like Fitzcarraldo is about like one man's like quixotic mad quest to do the unachievable but like the functions of the world, like commerce, require people to do Fitzcarraldos all the time, mm-hmm. um, and for and not for themselves, not for these like dreams that like they should not have and these wild ambitions, but literally it's just a function of someone's got to do it. This is the job. We got to blow up the fire to make the fire go out, uh, and when someone's got to drive those trucks, don't care who it is, got to find someone. Um, that stuff's very good. <laughs>
1: I I went to find an inflation calculator because like I need to know. Oh, dollars also, I also is. looked this up. <laughs> yes.
0: I looked this up when me and Dusty were looking at them because it's like twenty something thousand now, right? Uh, yeah, it is
1: twenty thousand five hundred and forty-seven pounds uh, dollars, which is yeah. uh, n- a lot of money. But it's not that like it is. If you are in this place, it is life changing. It'll allow you to get home. Here's the thing: it's world changing not- money.
0: Yeah, it's not world changing, but it's get you out of the town money.
1: Yes, yeah. which so like, is the key thing. Uh, but like the, it, you look at that and I'm like, that's not even that, that. that is like a year's salary that I have had. I have earned that much in a year before, right? Like it is. People live on this today, and it sucks. Yes, but it it sucks. Yeah. It's it fucking sucks. There are people who would look at that and be like, that's nothing. Why would I take that money? Right? Like if you're already in a nice job, uh, this is the things that they the the character they are giving to these people to make them kill themselves is nothing to them it's so yes. little
0: yeah for sure um but yeah it's great i love i love all of that there's a bit at the end where he comes out and uh
2: <laughs>
0: everyone's hailing him a hero and he like walks forward in like a uh, like very like what i want it's almost like a very apocalypse now like he did at what cost to his soul or whatever but actually he just passes out and falls asleep and everyone's like (laughs) ah he's just asleep and then next day he is like singing he's in a nice shirt he's shaking hands with everyone he's very happy to have survived uh no so off his back when they get tell him they're gonna pay him twice he's like ah it's exactly what my good friend would have wanted he was a scholar and gentleman um but it still plays like appropriately fast and loose the idea of like he doesn't want someone to drive the car but then he starts driving crazy is that like a function of his like mania as surviving is it just carelessness is it like a uh, like a death drive those things are all the same thing on on some level and i i like the way in that ending plays it like he is being careless but also he's like careening a, like a down the road in a way that's like meant to be like suggestive it is not like i don't you know it is it is overemphasized on purpose but also on some level that man was ready to drive off a cliff yes <laughs> and i love that mm-hmm. i think it's really good It.
1: it's really um. i really like the ending being like it doesn't give you much access to mario and you've had so much time having like mm-hmm. these characters talk and then in the ending you're expecting like, how is this is all going to pour out what's what's the thing what's the thing he's going to learn what's the thing we're going to get from him and instead like you know, like he dies in a tragic way but we don't there's like seven different conflicting things it could be that he drove off yeah. the cliff he could have done it on purpose he could have been like so reckless he could have just been happy to be alive and not taking paying attention anymore all of these yeah. readings are there for you to take but the point is you can't like you don't get to know he just he everyone else just finds him off the cliff
2: yes mm-hmm.
1: uh, the same way that like um they're having the conversation about shaving and then it cuts back to um uh Marion and joe and uh, then uh, Luigi's truck just explodes, and the, there's no yes. the, no one knows how or why or what happened. It just it just does.
2: Absolutely no fanfare. It just oh yeah,
0: yeah. That stuff's all very good. the the part where you just see it like down like down across the ridge and like okay well I guess we're gonna go and see what that looks like and you get there and they get there and it's just like a crater that is filling up with oil because the pipeline got damaged and the explosion is dumping oil in this pool uh miserable and they don't know how deep it is like that's the problem that's that's the the one final thing is like they have to drive through this there's no way around it but they don't know how deep it is or what's in it? Like there could be like pieces of the car in it. There could it could be like a ten foot hole that they'd never get out of. Um Ignor- So just gotta go find it, just go so, go wait in and figure it out.
1: Ignoring um like the thematic stuff, uh, which is like the 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 core of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, another reaction was just this is may in. Okay, I don't want to be super hyperbolic. This is one of the greatest screenplays I've ever seen in my life. In terms of its, like instruction. <laughs> yeah. as someone who like went to school for this shit, as I say, I say derisively, because uh, no one knows how to teach you how to write anything. Um, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, purely on a functional level, as like a way to create tension and drama through set pieces and things happening. Uh, this is like m- masterful. It's so fucked. How good this is. because you know you start out first of all you get a whole like a 45 full minutes of character building and Mm. it's just good stuff you care about all the people going on the journey which is like the point of a movie like this you need to care about the people uh going on the suicide mission and then it starts and it's like okay you got the 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 first thing which is the genius decision to have the two trucks but separate them and then they keep first of all you think oh they're just going to be on different journeys or maybe the first one will explode really soon in, and then they'll be left on their own um, and you don't quite know how it's going to go but eventually you realise oh no they're going to like keep changing who gets to which thing first they're doing so many different things with like this obstacle occurs and then the first group go through it but it changes it and makes it harder and now the second group has to go through it or this obstacle requires like the the thing where you can either go really slow or really fast and the one in front have gone slow and the ones behind have gone fast uh and it's just stuff like that that's like um really impressive uh in a way that's like when i think about how to write stories and write screenplays i can think really easily even if even if you can't do it to take skill but I, I understand in my head how to be like i make a character that you care about is saying something with ideas uh i find the functional stuff of how to make a good set piece so much harder because it's a bit more of a thankless task to be like here's an oil thing and this complicates this in this way it's it, and uh this just makes it so effortless it's incredible
2: I agree. Oh, just, I don't even know what to say. It just kind of left me floored.
0: Yeah, it's good. Oh, phone's buzzing. Sorry. Um, we have questions. Do you want to maybe take some questions? Because we got kind of a hard out today. Let's take some questions. All right. If you'd like to send uh, emails, you can do them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. We like them about anything. They don't just have to be about the movies that we're covering. Um, love it when it's just random shit, you know, uh, to do, 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 That's subnormal mapping. There we go. Um, Hilver writes in, Wages of Fear is an excellent film title. Sickest film titles or sickest film titles for films least deserving of them?
2: Ooh, good question. Thank My you. favorite film title uh, is a movie I've never seen. Uh, it's an exploitation movie by Doris Wishman called Nude on the Moon
0: that's great um my i think maybe my favorite movie title is uh werner herzog's my uh my son my son what have you done um (laughs) that's so
1: true that's a classic which
0: which is just a great film also but um yeah it's uh it's good Um,
1: um to go in the other direction you've chosen like the the knowingly arch titles uh but another famous one of these is the classically stupidly named cube two hypercube cube cube squared hypercube even
0: that's true that's a good one <laughs> i love it
1: the uh, uh the you know uh charlie brown at least removing the football of never making cube cubed is uh funny to me to this day way better than actually making a bad movie called cube cubed yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think uh, of
0: undeservingly good titles for bad movies. Uh Jason Goes to Hell is not a good movie. It's a great title. Jason though. takes Manhattan. Is a Jason is a terrible movie. movie, and what the title is mean? like basically a lie. It's basically yes. functionally a lie.
1: Jason takes a boat.
0: <laughs> so Jason takes Manhattan. a boat and then stands around some docks that you could misconstrue as Manhattan if you squint hard enough.
1: Well, you can't always film in New York. <laughs>
0: No, but you shouldn't <laughs> advertise that your movie's about New York if you do that.
1: You don't need to, they don't need to like the movie. They just need to buy tickets.
0: Yeah. Um, God. Uh. Tron writes in. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see. Um. Ba, ba, ba. What is your favorite looking shot or scene in the movie?
2: My favorite scene was a scene that made me gasp. It's very, very early on. Just to give you... A taste of the tension you're about to be in for when they're first loading the nitro onto the trucks, and mm. one of the guys just kind of almost falls with all the with oh, the right, big, yes, big <laughs> can of nitro. It, it, it's just a soupon of uh, <laughs> what's to come, <laughs> and I,
1: I really
0: like that. I think, um, oh, you go. go ahead, no, go ahead.
1: I think I like the uh, early montage with them. Um joe and uh, mario are getting to know each other because they they like cut around different situations where they're having conversations but they're always set up in like these really deliberate tableaus Mm -hmm. Uh, like there's that one where they're both sitting front of frame and there's a girl showering behind them and just arranged in a way where it's like this is the most fucking wes anderson shit in this mostly realistic movie
0: (laughs) (laughs) um I think mine is just the the sequence when they first take off, like after they take off the trucks so or they're going through the bamboo forest, just as an interesting location uh, to drive through, mm-hmm. which is a movie mostly about driving through rocks and desert.
2: Mm-hmm. That's true.
0: Um, thoughts about uh, Italy being used a substitute for Central America locations. I love European films proclivity for like, any countryside can be the countryside of our movie and every extra can speak whatever language they want. And we'll just fix it in post. Um, as someone who likes spaghetti Westerns the the, when you realize basically no one is like, none of the audio is set audio. They don't even keep it. Um, especially Italians just never cared. It was just, and everything was overdubbed, but like you just get people, you cast faces and you overdub everyone. They don't have to act only the stars have to act. Um, it's it. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um i love that stuff uh i miss i miss overdubbing as like a function of cinema basically doesn't exist anymore
1: i mean no it, it, every I mean, <laughs> okay it
0: does but like adr has gotten good in the way that's very boring right yes. like
1: it's not like that's... oh this person was dubbed right it's just the yeah. adr is now on movies big enough adr is like a f- part of the pipeline process yes uh, in a way that is not as interesting as when like a 60s character is just dubbed
0: Yeah, there's a bit when they talk about uh, looping in Lou book where he's like, I hate it. It'll ruin anyone's performance unless they're Italians. Italians got it figured out. They're just used to it. They can can find a new performance, and it'll make your movie better if you just let them overdub.
1: (laughs) Amazing.
0: Uh, It's very funny. (laughs) um live writes in uh had a fantastic uh time with wages of fear and then live went immediately and watched william friedkin's 1977 remake sorcerer which is an, another adaptation of the uh of the um movie which i know a lot of people in discord went on and watched which i had never heard of and seemingly is very well regarded uh it had the bad it had the bad fortune of coming out the same summer as star wars so basically got blown off face of the earth in terms of like doing well <laughs> It's oh, pretty funny. Yeah, um, but it is like a, it is like a, a another version of this that people like a lot um, and um, uh, it has like a soundtrack from Tangerine Dream and uh, sounds fucking cool. So I should check that at some point. Me too. Um, anyway, Liv asks, if you could choose to have any movie get a 70s remake, what would you pick? You can pick a movie from after the 70s and send it back in time. As part of this.
1: I mean, the problem is every movie. If I could, if I
0: could get every movie made after the '70s to get a '70s <laughs> version instead, that'd be pretty good.
1: Yeah, I'm yeah. A, I'm way more interested in sending films back in time. <laughs>
0: um, '70s Michael Clayton, very funny. <laughs> it just looks worse. It just looks worse. <laughs> That's all you do. Uh,
1: God, I I mean, uh, '70s Michael Clayton is like. If we were gonna be really indulgent, all we would pick would just be various seventies Michael Claytons. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> That's true. God, that'd be that'd be very funny. I think I think my actual answer here is I would want the seventies version of Interstellar.
1: <laughs> That's a pretty good answer.
2: I want a seventies Batman movie.
1: Hell yeah. I mean, I want several seventy Star Trek movies like this is um, we only got the one I would like a seventy
0: one. Star trek television show that runs for at least forty episodes,
1: episodes. <laughs> wow. yeah I need uh disco bones like nonstop um,
0: <laughs> and uh, then Rick writes in, uh what are your favorite truck stunts in movies
1: so Rick asked us earlier uh and I said, oh, I don't, I've never thought about this. Like, I know there are, I have never like sat down and considered the like specific uh, craft of the truck stunts before. Uh, so I like, I, I can't think of it. Like there's that like, one in the Dark Knight, but that's not even good. So I've, I don't remember enough of them.
0: Um, my, the, 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 I was like, oh, I have two answers off the top of my head. And it's, it's most of Duel being a bunch of truck stunts. The early Spielberg film, which is not like a great movie, but it is, It you know, it's just like a big, a big semi chases a man for inexplicable reasons. And it's pretty good. And then it's the uh, highway chase in Terminator 2 with the big uh, tanker truck chasing after them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it tips over and it, it's all very good. I love all that stuff. There's also the earlier one where it drives off the overpass into the like culvert. Um, it's good good stunts in that movie then they do that one in three that like they did flip the truck but it's 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 just in the era where i'd believe there was cg and i think it like ruins the stunt
1: (laughs) it's super over edited
0: yes it's very over edited also yeah But they did flip the actual truck. All the stuff of like the like cords like going taut through the building, whatever I think is like a a lot of CG augmentation, which just robs the stunt of its power. That's the problem with stunts now is now that you can do anything, nothing's impressive. You got to like prove you did it for real and it's hard to do.
1: Um, Which is why like this movie, like watching just a shot of them on that um wooden plank is better than any of the like cg environments because it's like that's the wood that's i can see the wood that's real wood
0: yes
1: (laughs) to the point where i'm like going how the fuck did they even do this like in the film let alone in this in the with nitroglycerin in in the in the the movie like how do they film this shit right Uh, because like you know you there are shots where you can see from underneath where the truck is, and like it's still being held up by wood. Like maybe that wood is reinforced with metal or something. Yeah. And they've paint like there's a lot of things they could do. Uh, but I'm well, still had, asking. Like, the I mean, questions.
0: they had, like I had to build the gimmick one that sways and collapses right as the the second truck's going right like that.
1: Oh, the, yes, the bit where it flips on the thing and then oh, he just yeah. goes off and doesn't even realize what he's done.
0: Yes. Um, Destiny, do you have a favorite truck truck stunt? I can't think of any. That's alright. Um, and then Rick follows up with what movie has made you the most tense watching it?
2: This one. Oh my god. I can think of individual scenes from movies, like um, you know, that scene in Boogie Nights where they're waiting for the <laughs> to not catch them with the fake cocaine and the other guys throwing the firecrackers and it's like, oh, and Sister Christian's playing. Like that I always think of as like the epitome of good tension. And then like there's that scene in Rope where the um you know the the maid is really close to like opening the uh uh container with the body, I can't think of words, uh the uh thing they put the body in. Mm-hmm. But I can't think of like an actual movie off the top of my head. What do y'all think?
0: Um, the one that came to mind first was invasion of the body snatchers i think it does a really good job ooh, that's good. a good one
1: uh mine is less like i mean the movie is tense but this is far more of like an experience that i had when i watched it when i did uh in uh 2012 um i was at my uh high school girlfriend's uh birthday party and it was a bad time uh her dad was just uh uh yelling And So everyone had like, the party kind of stopped and we'd all crammed into her room uh, and we had nothing to do. There was no music. We didn't know what to do. And so on a tiny little laptop screen uh, on Netflix at the time, which had just come out in the UK, uh, we watched Battle Royale for the first time. And specifically, we watched the first two thirds of Battle Royale before his dad interrupted, and we had to go downstairs, and never we never finished the movie. But like being in the being in that room and watching like with a bunch of other people in like a kind of awkward middle of the night situation, um, uh, watching the first Battle Royale as a teenager—that's that's that's the cinema, baby. (laughs) 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 Oh.
0: Um. Uh, oh, failsafe. Failsafe's a very tense film. Oh
1: God, you've got to watch failsafe. Oh God.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's it again. Abnormal Mapping Podcast at gmail.com. Destiny, what are we watching next time? You picked a movie. I'm now, actually
2: changing the movie. Is okay. that allowed? Without yeah.
0: until we say it, I don't care what you say.
2: Okay, I've decided to go with a movie I've been trying to watch off and on for years and every time I, I I need someone to watch it with me is the whole point okay. uh, because it's hard for me to get through is Antonioni's uh, 1965 film Red Desert
0: okay I don't really know anything about this movie I'll be honest with you
2: it's kind of like an existential environmental uh this
0: this has a great poster. It's only two hours. I was like, oh, it's gonna be like six hours long, isn't it? But no. Nope. <laughs> I'm not watching no six hour movie. <laughs> I'll try to
1: pick something next time for me that isn't existential.
0: <laughs> Never, happen worry. Never happened before. <laughs> I wanna do I wanna do Solaris sometime soon, and that's like the most ex-
1: <laughs> We're just gonna us be like Because this movie does like have a, a classic um, you know, uh, ending of the, he's having the conversation, he's like trying to like keep him awake till, till he gets there. He's like, oh, what's beyond the fence? He's like, nothing beyond the fence. It's the fence. And then he just like looks to the camera he's like, there's nothing! There's nothing! And then dies! <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, man, maybe again." again
2: Oh. oh.
0: Um, yeah. I'm glad we're just in our uh, bleak European period as a podcast. Yes. <laughs> uh, Destiny plugs!
2: At Fridge, now on Twitter and most of social media things my other podcast battling girls uh just wrapped up our october and we will be resuming recording in about a week wait when does this come out
0: uh in like two days
2: okay yeah so probably a week from when you're listening to this we'll be recording the next battling girls and uh keep out uh, a lookout for that
0: back some plugs
1: find me at headfuls off on twitter.com you can find the podcast at me and i do mapping.com uh, go listen to them they're very cool
0: you can find me on twitter at em underscore being you can support us and all the work we do at uh patreon.com slash normal mapping for five dollars a month you get blockbusters for me and jackson watch a movie and talk about it at length uh we're doing uh, dirty Harry like tomorrow probably unless something horrible happens uh and that'll be out probably the day after this goes live so you know check that out at ten dollars you get voip life the most recent voip life had me and jackson go on at length about halloween 2018 which is a movie i saw and very much didn't like and jackson go on about frozen 2 which is a movie they saw and very much didn't like and we have a nice big conversation about why movies are bad <laughs> <laughs> there's no overarching statement these are just two movies that are bad we just talk about the ways in which they're bad voip You're life doesn't need to have like thesis about why they're bad yeah yes. yeah
1: just we just have we just watch some things and we're like these suck and that's why we have to pay ten dollars for that one.
0: Fucking terrible. <laughs> um, someday I'll, we'll be interested in Destiny. We're gonna watch Halloween Kill sooner or later, and I'm sure I'm gonna have another bad time. But we're gonna do it. We're almost done. Then I'm free wanna, until that last one comes out.
2: I want to admit, just so other like people that listen to all those podcasts, uh, I agree with everything M has said about Halloween. I still like Halloween 2018.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Uh, that's it. Everyone go home. That's not the ending of this podcast. Movies! (laughs) Now more than ever.
1: Don't expect to like them.